my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. What's up? This your boy, Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Hi, everyone. I'm Katie Couric. And I'm Bozma St. John. And this is Back to Biz with Katie and Bose. This week, Bose, we have a really exciting and very inspiring guest. She's such a trailblazer, such an inspiration in the business world. I know you haven't met her, but you know all about her. So take it away, Bose. Tell us about our guest, Mary Barra. Ooh, Katie, I am excited about Mary Barra. <laughs> she is all of my corporate goals. She is the CEO of General Motors, one of the big three Detroit automakers. GM is one of the largest and historically important companies to the American economy. And I mean, talk about male dominated. You can't get more of a swaggering boys club than the car industry. That's for sure. And when Mary was appointed Bose in 2014, only 20 of the Fortune 500 chief execs were women. And now we're up to 37, which we should note is still impossibly infuriatingly small. But as more women take over those executive positions, we really have to thank leaders like Mary Barra. Absolutely. She's incredible. And it was such a pleasure to meet her over Zoom and have this meaty, wonderful conversation. You know, she shared her path to leadership and how she was able to make such a massive company like GM act nimbly in a time of crisis. But of course, we had to start in the here and now. We had to talk about this letter she wrote to her nearly 200,000 employees in response to our current racial unrest. I have to tell you, Katie, I was, I mean, I'm really, really impressed. You know, the company letter expressed some fiery sentiments that I 
really haven't heard seen presented by many CEOs at all. And a lot of people, hopefully Bose will follow suit. And I've got a quote from that letter. She says she is impatient and disgusted by the fact that as a nation, we seem to be placated by the passive discussion of why. We wanted to know where her head was at when she wrote that letter and how she plans on turning those words into action. So we started there. Yep. Let's get into it. Well, I think, uh, you know, there was this sense of sadness and frustration that I had as I, you know, learned what was happening and, and processed it. And at a human level, it was just unconscionable uh, of what happened. And I'm an engineer um, by degree. And so I'm, I, I'm a problem solver. You know, I think we, it just became very clear to me, there's been too many others that we can't just you know, talk about why, and then, you know, something else replaces the news cycle and no- nothing gets done. It became really important to me that we do something and we find solutions and we drive for lasting change. And I'm really, you know, I, 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 we, I'm just passionate about really making changes and stop talking, let's start doing. Mm. That is, that's, uh, that's so true and refreshing to hear. I know that your letter also announced the formation of an advisory board. Um, as you said, which um, has the intention of making GM a more inclusive company in the world. Um, What do you think that the company and perhaps like yourself and the others who are leading the company, um, how do you actually get there? Like, how do you make it a more inclusive company? Because that's really the operative word here. You know, diversity is one thing. Certainly, you know, we can have people of all types of backgrounds and cultures, ethnicities, et cetera. Uh, But inclusion is what actually makes it workable. It's what actually creates the success. So what what is it that you intend to do by creating this advisory board? Well, Jim, we've been talking about for a while now that we want to have a culture and an environment where everybody can bring their true self to work. Because if you can be your true self, you can be at your best. And so that's been our goal. Uh, we recognize we have more work to do. And so with the um, Inclusion Advisory Board, one of the very first things we know we need to do is listen uh, because we don't have all the answers. Uh, and so actually I'm excited because this evening we have one of our first listening sessions with several members of the senior leader um, team. And we, we believe we need to listen, we need to talk, we need to learn together. Uh, you know, As I said in, in the note, um, you know, listening and, and talking will lead to the dialogue that will lead to change. And so uh, that's one of the areas we need to work on. I'm also personally um, very uh, pleased that I get to be a part of the BRT uh, group that is going to work on four areas, uh, the area of, from a finance perspective, a healthcare perspective, education and workforce, which is the committee I chair, and then criminal uh, justice, because I do think we need systemic change. And, you know, when you, a company like General Motors, uh, you know, we feel a responsibility to drive change within our environment and what we can do uh, with our dealers and our suppliers. So we have a pretty wide footprint, but then in addition to working with uh, the business roundtable and all of those companies, I think, you know, together we can really, we can really start to uh, dismantle um, and, and change systems uh, for the better. 
so again, we have much work to do to build on things that we've already done, but we have much more work to do. And we're going to be working both as a company and then as a collection of companies. It seems to me that we've reached this new era where it's not really okay to stay silent on some of these issues. We've seen people like you, Mary, speaking out. Jeff Bezos basically told a customer from Amazon that if he didn't like it, you know, he could lump it and he didn't mind losing him as a customer, which is a real shift for Jeff Bezos. And we see, you know, people like Ken Frazier, the CEO of Merck, saying George Floyd could have been him. And you know, I think that that we're hearing from these corporate leaders in a much more palpable way right now. Why is that so essential? And and what do you make of this real shift in in speaking out? You know, it, again, when I when I look at General Motors, we've always said we, we want to be known as a values uh, based company. And so as we have spoken out in the past, it's always been to make sure our employees understood what we believed and what we stood for as it relates to our values. And I think it is to a tipping point now where it would be inconsistent with our values not to speak out and not to uh, work with others and challenge ourselves and challenge others. When I, when I said in the note, we want to be the most inclusive company in the world, I don't want to, I mean, I want every company to be the most inclusive in the world because it's not something we should compete on. It's something we all have to dedicate ourselves to do. So to me, it's values-based and you can't stay silent when something is just fundamentally happening that is so inconsistent with your values. You you have a responsibility to act. That's, um, that is quite a radical (laughs) statement. It really is to say that it's not just about General Motors being the most inclusive company in the world that you want every company. I, I feel like I have to pause there because uh, I don't know that I've ever heard that before. I'm curious, Bose, do you think that's starting to happen? Obviously, Mary is a real leader in this. Do you think that more and more people will follow Mary Barra's lead? I hope that more people follow Mary's lead. But I do think that this is a change. I Again, I have never felt the kind of movement and the kind of personal responsibility that leaders are taking in this very moment. I've never seen this before. Yes, this type of thing has happened a lot. This is not the first video we've seen. It actually makes me quite enraged when we think about the countless people who don't have video. But I do believe that there are several things that are adding to this moment. I mean, obviously, we cannot ignore COVID-19. Right. And so when you see something like George Floyd's video of his murder, I think it is shocking. It is shocking. And it makes us all wake up. And so I I do believe that this is a turning point for all of us. Um, And I've also said that I, I wish more companies would make more statements like Mary is making. Uh, But I, I do wonder about the, some of the mixed reactions you know, that the companies get. And perhaps there is some fear from business leaders to make the kind of bold statements that Mary and others are making, um, you know, because there's there's going to be mixed reaction. Sometimes people won't believe you. Right. Right. Yeah, that's they won't true. believe you. I was going to ask you, Mary, about sort of, you know, we live in such a cynical age 
And I'm wondering if 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 you're worried on behalf of other leaders like yourself that that some will view this as sort of flagrant brand opportunism, you know, that they are jumping on the bandwagon, that they um, that that they're not really that sincere in their commitment. And I'm curious how you feel about that. Well, I would say I've, I've had the opportunity over the last couple of weeks to talk to a lot of CEOs and uh, it's real. And they're, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a deep concern and from that comes a, a strong commitment. And so, you know, I, from every, all the CEOs that I've talked to, I, I believe it's, it's real and it's sincere and they're being very authentic. And I would also say, you know, with the the response that I've received from uh, the letter we shared at General Motors, not only did we have hundreds in one day, we had almost 600 responses from our employees on our internal site. But I've had dealers reach out to me, suppliers reach out to me, saying, "Thank you. You know, we believe in this too, and you know, we want to work with you." And so. Uh, you know, we expected there would be some, you know, pushback or some negativity and other than some skepticism, which I think is fair. You know, some of our employees kind of said, hey, yeah, I hear you. I I read what you said. I want to see what you're going to do. And I think that's a very fair response. And that's why, you know, we're taking steps with the the fund we've set up and the initial donation we've made to, to the NAACP and the fact that we're already starting our listening session. It happens to be my first listening session. There have been other leaders that have already been having uh, discussions uh, to, to, to learn and to also provide uh, a resource uh, to, to their employees because this is such a difficult time. Uh, I was talking to one of our leaders today and she said, you know, people are exhausted. Um, this issue has been so troubling and so, uh, so difficult. I'm wondering, Mary, how much you've learned uh, about how to tackle this challenge through your work on gender equality. Uh, GM has been consistently recognized as one of the world's leading corporations in establishing gender equality. Um, First of all, how do you get other people to follow suit? And what lessons have you learned from those efforts that could be applied to creating a more diverse and, and, and inclusive workplace and company? Well, I, I would say one of the big lessons I learned, because as I mentioned, you know, there was work going on over 20 years ago that allowed me to have the chances and the opportunities that, uh, you know, allowed me to be ready and considered for the position I'm in now. You know, as the company in the late uh, 08, 09 time from as we went through the bankruptcy, I realized as we survived, uh, we had to start again. So I think what a mindset people have to have is this is never done. This is something of, you know, or I guess I I look for the day when it doesn't need special focus, but I think we're a long way off from having leaders very deliberate about uh, creating uh, diverse groups, diverse uh, opportunities. uh, And, and, you know, it really gets to, I always say I'm an engineer. And so what I've had a challenge myself to do is I think I would, sometimes pick people like me because I was like, okay, well, I know I'll get it done. So if I pick someone like me, they'll get it done. And recognizing you get a really narrow slice when you do that. And so we've worked really hard to have our leadership team not only uh, have, uh, you know, I'll say gender, race from a diversity perspective, but also experiences other companies. And then because that 
you know, very diverse thinking, I think, has allowed us to make better decisions and challenge each other. And so I, I really think that we, it's something you have to continually focus and, and make sure, again, it's a business imperative just as much as, you know, launching our next set of electric vehicles. And that's the mindset that we have to have. And that's one of the learnings I had, because I think at some point people said, okay, well, we've got that, we're doing well. It's, it's a continual focus. You're listening to Back to Biz with Katie and Bose. And when we come back, Mary Barra on GM's decision to stop making cars and start making ventilators. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. When Mary Barra became CEO of GM in 2014, she was not only the first female CEO in GM's history, she was also the first woman to lead any of the big three Detroit automakers. Talk about a glass ceiling. Mary credits her role models for helping her realize that it was hers to smash. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, it starts, um, I had a phenomenal mother who made me, you know, she just encouraged me from, I think, the day I was born that I, my brother and I, we could do anything, we could be anything. And if we worked hard, we could make it happen. And so she, uh, you know, I, I think, Having that, you know, through my life, I, you know, I always had this belief in myself 
Um, and so I think that carried me uh, into uh, you know many of the positions leading up to this and and gave me that confidence because one of the things when I first was in this job, um, actually a daughter of one of our employees said to, said to me, because you're in this role, I now see that I can do this. And I hadn't, again, because of my mom, just, you know, it was just such an encouraging person. Um, I had a, I had to really step back and think about that. And that caused me to realize I had an extra role to play of not of of championing um, young women because we've we've done a lot of work as Katie mentioned earlier from a gender perspective and helping women understand some of the situations they put themselves in of you know I always use the example uh, if there's a posting for a new job a woman will look at it and say if there's 10 requirements and she only has nine of them she'll be like oh bummer where a man will look at it and say I've got six of ten I'm gonna go for and what or I always two tell of women ten. is Exactly. And it's just like, no, don't, don't be mad at them. You go for it. Because even if you don't get the position, you're going to learn. And so um, I think when I got to the role, it was something I very quickly realized I could play an additional role of really encouraging uh, girls and young women and, and being a champion, but also working within the company for that. And then as we did more work from, um, from a bias, you know, one of everyone has biases. So uh, being able to start talking about that and sharing what we've learned, because I have found personally, as I realized some of the ways I was looking at things were just not right, um, it, it really gave me the opportunity. We started having open dialogue and conversation about it. And so I think that's been one of the um, the things that I think has been powerful uh, within our group. But I we also brought, we do a lot of high-performance teamwork. We work with an outside coach to um, to really help us know ourselves, understand our weak weaknesses, where we can be better, where are our blind spots. And I think that work has been important for, and now lays the foundation for us to have the very important conversations and take the actions we need to take now and, and to hold ourselves accountable. So Mary, um, let's talk about business first, though, how the pandemic affected your business, because while all this is going on, it's against the backdrop of a pandemic that has uh, laid bare some serious social issues. But I'm just curious, did you realize early on what a serious problem this was going to be? Because you have facilities all over the world, including China. Yes. And well, before we transition and um, be happy to, to talk about that, I, I would say, though, the issue we've been discussing, I do see as a huge business issue. Uh, for business to address and be part of of the systemic change that we need to make uh, to uphold our our responsibilities uh, as as citizens and as corporate leaders. So, um, yeah, but so as, yeah as that's a good. That's actually a very good point. This is business. Um, it's not yeah. the bottom line. It's it's workplace culture. So, thank you for which drive which, which drives the bottom line. I right. mean, if you don't, you know. People have choices, and if you don't have a, a, a culture of inclusion and you aren't valuing everyone, over time people people can can choose. So I I, I just wanted to say that. But as it relates to COVID, uh, clearly, um, as as we were in the early part of the year, uh, late January, early February, we started to see the impact on China. Uh, you know, we we had to shut our facilities there and uh, you know really work and and 
make sure we were doing the right thing for our, our people and, you know, reaching out, working with our suppliers, dealers, et cetera. So at that point, though, it was still not clear if it would, you know, have the global reach that now clearly it has. Uh, as, as we did see that happening, we were able to take all of the learnings from China and then from Korea and other operations around the globe. Um, and that very much informed what we what we did in when North America um, was was impacted, and frankly, then as as China came back, uh, everyone was able to come back to work. All the lessons learned informed what we did. So, one of the the things that has been a silver lining from this tragic uh, pandemic has been. Uh, you know, I think in the past, sometimes we'd have a, a, a mindset of, well, I'm different because I'm in this country or I'm different, you know, it's different here because X, Y, Z. And this, with this, everybody realized, you know what, they've, you know, there's people who have experience with this pandemic and how it in, impacts the workplace and, and work and finances and every aspect of the business. And so the, the, the desire to learn and the outreach across uh, just General Motors, I thought was very, very powerful and is, has made us, I think, stronger. Um, and so, you know, it was something very significant because uh, when you're a, an automobile company and you stop making vehicles, it's pretty significant. We're a pretty capital intensive business. And so we had to take dramatic action quickly of, and went through a zero-based budgeting process to save money, to make sure uh, we were going to be secured with all the unknowns that you had in, in March and April. Uh, and so, you know, we focused on those steps. The minute we had to, to shut our plants down, though, in the United States, that there was a team already starting to work of what do we need to do to run? And also, because we did have some essential services, how do we make sure we provide a, uh, a, a safe environment? So um, uh, one of our, our leaders kind of coined this phrase, but he said, first it's lives, then it's livelihoods. And we're going to focus on lives and make sure we're creating a safe environment. And then we'll fo focus on livelihoods and that of the corporation. And that's what gui has guided us through it um, and, and continues to this day, because I think we all sit not knowing uh, will there be, will, will there, you know, be another spike? How will that be handled? How long will it be till there's, a, a, um, you know, a medical treatments or a vaccine? And so, you know, we're, we're doing tremendous scenario planning of hoping for the best, but being prepared for a less optimal outcome. And that's how we're facing it from a business perspective. I do find it very impressive that, yes, for a business like yours, uh, which requires manufacturing, which requires, you know, um, plants and uh, all kinds of operations that must keep going to have to pivot is a really big decision. But I, I think after right after you shut down the North American operations, um, the team began working with Ventec, right, to right, right. manufacture ventilators. I mean, that is that's a huge decision to make uh, and, and to to put into action. How did that happen and how did you facilitate this type of quick turnaround? Well, I think it really speaks to the tremendous dedication of the General Motors team. I mean, I got a call from Ken Chenault the next day. Um, some of our leaders were talking to the leaders of Ventec. Then they were on a plane. And, you know, from that first meeting that we had with Ventec, a month later, we were producing ventilators. And to do that, we had to engage hundreds of our suppliers because we had to find suppliers who could start making the parts because Ventec at the time was making between two and 300 ventilators a month. 
And we wanted to scale that up to 10,000 a month. And so, you know, with that challenge, um, it, you know, everybody just came to the table because everybody realized, and like I said, it is just the dedication and the strength of the GM team. Uh, people work night and day because they knew they had an opportunity to save lives. And, and that's what motivated them. Our suppliers, uh, many of our suppliers uh, worked around the clock. Uh, as I, you know, went and spent time in, in Indiana at the factory in Kokomo, Indiana, that was making and still today is making ventilators. Everybody just did what they needed to do. And, um, you know, it, for them, it was incredibly empowering, but they, they knew every ventilator meant a potential life save. And that was the mindset. And, you know, they just did, they, they did what it took. Our, um, our head of manufacturing for North America, he, he said, as they started the project on the plane ride out to Seattle, uh, said, um, you know, let's, let's just assume one of our family members is going to need a ventilator. What, what would we do? That was the mindset. And I, so mm -hmm. I, I can take very little credit. I can only be exceptionally proud. You're listening to Back to Biz with Katie and Bose. And when we come back, how the pandemic altered the future of the GM car. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. After three months of closure due to COVID-19, GM reopened its North American facilities on May 18th, 2020. And for businesses around the country looking to do the same, the automaker may provide a peek at what's ahead. Our guest, Mary Barra, tells us how that process has gone and what business in this new normal looks like. So far, it has gone well. Uh, we have protocols in place and 
we took the time to train our employees to answer all those questions, uh, their questions, because recognizing everybody's coming from a different place as it relates to COVID. Some people don't know a single person who's even had the disease and other people have lost loved ones or have family members on the front line. And so the training and the and the, the work we did and, and really one of the things we shared with everybody is, is we need to, you know, show empathy because everybody's living this a little bit differently. And so as we welcomed everyone back, we put them through the training. We also explained the why. Why do you need to wear a mask? Why are we sanitizing? Why are we screening? And all those processes are working for us right now. And you know, people, as I visited our facilities, people tell me, I feel safer at work than I do at the grocery store. And so, and, and we keep involving everyone into how can we make it even better? And the ideas are great. And so we just, and once we have an idea coming from one facility, we spread it across the globe uh, so everyone can get better. So, so far, so good. We're not declaring victory, but uh, it is working. Uh, and we, you know, when our people have confidence that they are working in a safe environment. I think the big unknown is, will this crisis change consumer habits? Will it change the way people live? Will it change what they want? I'm just wondering if this pandemic has shifted how you're looking at the future and how you're predicting what your consumers are going to actually want. We, we've seen this as uh, and are trying to uh, accelerate our move to electric vehicles because we think uh, that is a big part of the solution, even though it will happen over a period of time, the sooner we provide affordable, desirable uh, electric vehicles, we think we can start that transformation. So that's one of the things we've tried to accelerate as we go through this process. Um, you know, I think there's also an interest with customers wanting to have their own vehicle, not, you know, being sure of public transportation. Mm-hmm. And, and then we've also been listening to customers and doing customer clinics to has what has changed and what are they looking for in their vehicle. And it's early days in that. I think it will drive some change. I think people will still want to have vehicles. I think autonomous uh, offers solutions even in in ride sharing because it's one less dimension of another person being in the vehicle. So we see you know, the transformation that we see happening in mobility with especially uh, electrified vehicles and autonomous vehicles. We see that um, in our, we haven't uh, changed our commitment and our intensity in moving in that direction. We think it's actually an opportunity to accelerate. Perhaps in closing, are there thoughts that you have about the your hope for the future and for recovery at this time that we could take away, uh, even as we think about our own individual businesses or our own individual jobs and how we operate and what that timeline perhaps looks like? Well, I would say I'd offer two kind of different perspectives. One, within General Motors, we've learned how to do things with much less bureaucracy, to do things faster, to empower people, uh, and they're going to do great things and make great decisions. And, you know, the, the rare time something doesn't work out is not a reason for when 98% of the time it's going to. So I think that's something I'm very excited about. You know, as I look to uh, the country and the, and, and the globe, I hope, uh, as, especially in the United States, as things are opening up, I hope people stay with understanding the virus is still with us and follow the safety protocols and wear masks and practice social distancing. Because if we can come through this without another, uh, uh, you know, spike, I think it's going to be so important for the economy and for everyone's life uh, from a livelihood perspective. So that's my hope that we all are responsible as we go through these next several months to get to the other side. 
it must be hard to run a big company like GM with so many uncertainties looming in the future. So um, I don't envy you, but I do admire you, Mary. I have a great team. I have a great team. (laughs) uh, Well, you're always quick to give them credit, which I think is part of the reason behind your success. Mary Barra, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you for the opportunity. I have to say I've learned a lot and I've really enjoyed the conversation. So thank you both. Thank you. Hashtag goals. And that does it for this episode of Back to Biz with Katie and Bose. If you're not already, you can subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And please do, everyone. And you can find more about all the cool people we're talking to, as well as our favorite moments from these episodes on our Instagram feeds and stories. We're all about the gram. Until next time, everyone, I'm Katie Couric. And I'm Bozma St. John. And this is Back to Biz. With Katie and Boz. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Back to Biz with Katie and Bose is a production of iHeartRadio and Katie Couric Media. The executive producers are Katie Couric, Bozma St. John, and Courtney Litz. The supervising producer is Lauren Hansen. The associate producers are Derek Clements, Eliza Costas, and Emily Pinto. Editing by Derek Clements and Lauren Hansen. Mixing by Derek Clements. Special thanks to Adriana Fazio. For more information about today's episode, go to katiekirk.com. You can also follow Katie Couric and Bozma St. John on Twitter and Instagram. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at avalonwaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated.